Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hello, this is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Comprehensive Sexuality Education, Part 7, Maturity, Consent, and Sex Trafficking. One would think that teaching consent is a good idea. Teaching age-appropriate sex ed, along with what is safe touch versus what is not, does protect all children and does reaffirm parents' rights and the protection of their families from government overreach. Proponents of comprehensive sexuality education claim teaching sexual consent negotiation reduces sexual assault. Now, those are key words, sexual consent negotiation. When teaching minors to engage in risky behavior of any kind, the answer to the question is, it depends on the child, age appropriateness, and the context of the instruction. Age appropriateness and family values are always a consideration, and because no two people are the same, A one-size-fits-all approach is not acceptable. The parent should decide. Parents' rights in education is concerned about the consequences when consent is taught within the CSE premise that all sexual activity between two or more consenting people is good when condoms and contraceptives are used. Teaching consent undermines any semblance of an abstinence message by instructing students how to coax one another to engage in sexual activity with them. In this context, abstinence, reserving sexual relations for couples committed to love and commitment, is relegated to the back seat. Here's the Planned Parenthood approach. We have a video that, uh, actually a Planned Parenthood video, uh, featured on our website, and I will put that link uh, in the podcast notes. It promotes consent, and it states that sex is simply about connection and pleasure. The decision only requires consent. Planned Parenthood's videos teach how to negotiate for more sex by saying things to each other such as, may I take off your clothes? Show me where you want me to touch you. 
Or, let's try this sexual activity I heard about. The message, it's never okay to force others to have sex, is contradicted with phony respect tactics such as coaxing, seduction, or manipulation of others to get what you want. Studies and surveys show rape and sexual assault are often fueled by the use of pornography. Planned Parenthood advises teen girls to watch porn with their boyfriends to learn about the types of sex they want. They teach BDSM is all right and fun as long as both parties consent. Grade school-aged children are now exposed to pornography, resulting in child-on-child sexual abuse, like the Oregon 12-year-old sodomized by his classmate in the restroom during class time and excused by authorities because it was consensual. Then there's the issue related to consent of maturity. How old should a child be, a young adult or an adolescent? or child who is prepubescent? How old should the child be in order to know when they're ready to have sex? Well, scientific studies show the brain does not mature until age 25 or even later. We believe the lack of cognitive and developmental maturity levels of young people have been grossly overlooked by educators and curriculum authors. Scientific findings regarding mental and emotional maturity are stunning. Conservative estimates indicate maturity at about age 25. The car rental companies got to it first, but neuroscientists have caught up and brain scans show clearly that the brain is not fully finished developing until about age 25. The changes that happen between 18 and 25 are a continuation of the process that starts around puberty, and 18-year-olds are about halfway through that process. Their prefrontal cortex is not yet fully developed. That's the part of the brain that helps you to inhibit impulses and to plan and organize your behavior to reach a goal. This comes from a book called Welcome to Your Child's Brain, written by Sandra Emmott, neuroscientist and co-author. She goes on, we see that motor control, meaning the myelination of the motor pathways, occurs around 15 on average. Then the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, responsible for for cognitive control and executive function, is pretty much myelinated by age 25. But then you start talking about emotions, and everyone realizes the impact of emotions on cognitive control. They can change how much control you have. So when you look at the medial and orbital surfaces of the frontal lobe, which some call the social brain, the mean age of myelination of those connections between the limbic system and those frontal areas is about age 32. That's a far cry from 18. The question is, who decides 
What is age appropriate? Often students experiment with the very behaviors they are introduced to by CSE instruction. In fact, some teachers actually encourage them to experiment in order to find out what identity they are. If they don't know if they're gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, we have have reports that the teacher will say, well, you should probably experiment by trying all of those different behaviors. Unfortunately, school districts usually leave parents with only an opt-out of class as an option. While the majority of students receive and act upon the suggestions found in the CSE curriculum. So, what's going on here? We have young people who are being taught a lot of different behaviors that perhaps they wouldn't otherwise have been introduced to had they not taken CSE. Uh, many of them uh, are not ready for that information because, as we know, Uh, It depends on not just age, but maturity of the child. And we also know that teaching consent is controversial. It depends on how you do it and who you're talking to. Actually, it can be considered a form of grooming minors for pedophiles and sex traffickers. Teaching sexual consent to a sexual predator or another minor is like teaching a thief it is wrong to grab a person's wallet or purse, but acceptable to trick someone out of their money. It fails to address reasons why people commit sexual assault and helps predators to do it in such a way that they are free from prosecution. Bottom line, when consent is the only barrier, it becomes more difficult to prosecute sexual predators cleverly following manipulative consent rules, claiming consent to sex was mutual. The most skilled and prolific perpetrators groom children, manipulating them into a sexual relationship they think is their idea thus consenting. Sexual victims are targeted for the ease with which they can be manipulated. Victims are increasingly younger than predators, chosen because they lack self-confidence or are easily swayed, aiming to please. Because CSE has a morally neutral context, promoting anything goes if there is consent, Victims cannot discern when they consent to sexual exploitation. Child Protective Services is a known pipeline to child trafficking. This $3 billion industry is now more lucrative than illegal guns and drugs combined. New data released January of 2020 shows the state of Oregon identified 746 victims of human trafficking across the state in a 12-month period between October 2018 and October 2019, according to the Oregon Department of Justice and Department of Human Services. We feature a video addressing human trafficking 
titled Hidden in Plain Sight, Tackling Human Trafficking in Portland. We encourage you to visit that page. I will put the link on the podcast notes. I hope this information has been helpful to you. We'd like to take an opportunity today to announce the addition of a new pre-chapter, Arizona, Arizona Parents' Rights and Education. Welcome. Take a look at their Facebook group. They're just getting it started, inviting new people to join them. You can make a difference. Have a great week. I'm Suzanne Gallagher. This is Parents' Rights Now. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. You have complete control over your access to this information. And you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends and invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. Check out events on our website. See you next time to learn more about Parents' Rights Now. Now.